Good day to you. Welcome along to the LARP podcast. I'm Larry G. McGuire, writer and artist at LarryGMcGuire.com. This is a podcast show for artists and creative people. If you haven't listened before, uh, you're very welcome along. Um, this is episode number 180, and it's the audio taken from a discussion I had on live stream last Friday with my friend and uh, songwriter, musician Ray Heffernan. Ray lives in Italy and uh, has been writing songs since the time he was about 15 or 16 and uh, has made a life out of it, although it, it wasn't always plain sailing. I don't think life is for anybody, but um, Ray had his fair share of ups and, ups and downs. And um, I'm glad to say uh, I'm, I'm really happy for him that recently he's had some uh, interesting successes um, by virtue of just doing the work that he loved to do and loves to do. And uh, we got talking last Friday uh, on the live stream about the nature of work and what creativity means to him and the nature of the music business. Um, and I'm going to play that for you now. Uh, so without further ado, here's Ray and myself from the live stream. Take it away. All right, that's us live. Welcome along, everybody. Uh, if you're watching live or watching later on, welcome to the LARB live stream. Uh, this is the weekly experiment where uh, I jump on YouTube here on Patreon, uh, chatting with uh, some friends of mine, uh, artists, writers, small business owners, businesses of one, about uh, their process of work, their creative process, and uh, how creativity blends with what they do, how they express creativity, what it means to them. And tonight I'm joined by Ray Heffernan, musician, songwriter. Uh, how Hello. are you getting on there, Raymond? Hello. <laughs> Good to see you there. You're very welcome along. And uh, hopefully everyone can hear us all right. Hopefully. Um, you wouldn't just flick over to YouTube there on your in your browser, Ray. Just make sure we're live, would you? Sure can. Sure can. So let me see. Uh so I wanted to talk to you tonight about uh, one specific aspect of your work. I know you write for yourself, you write for other people. Uh, you also work with kids, which is very interesting. So you kind of have this artistic, creative, solely creative space where you make and you write for, let's call it the sake of it. But then you have what you might term as a day job where yeah. you you work with people in a in a practical real life sense where yeah. you're, you're bringing your art in to, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well i think that's the challenge isn't it that's really the challenge to to, to you know to, to to take the creative the creativity that we have or we seem to um feed off and apply to just shape the, the the world so that so that you know you're you're um i was applying certainly for me that i needed to apply that craft in my day job and thankfully it became a day job i, I should explain i am um, absolutely youtube is loading um i i'm a songwriter you know what i mean i have been since i first wrote a song i'm a songwriter you know what i mean it's all i ever wanted to do after that was like pretty much i just wanted to get better at that you know what i mean when i wrote my first song i just decided that's what i want to do now you know and i just i've just been getting better at that and Worked for years in the music business as a songwriter. Worked, you know, wrote songs for other people, but always kind of trying, aiming for the kind of international acclaim. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then, 
through a disaster, through through a, an absolute disaster where I got in trouble with a bit of with the police for um, for a, a stupid, you know, uh, there was weed involved, and um, and uh, <laughs> some enjoyment that you shouldn't yeah. have done. But um, but uh, they like you know I had a big fine to pay, so I had to uh, um, basically you know work do do uh, what did they call it uh, social hours? What do oh, they, yeah. Uh, Social service, you know what I mean? So they put me in a school teaching English in a local school. Right. So <clears throat> I had no qualifications in teaching English. So I decided, well, hang on. Let's use the, the children's cre uh, creativity and their curiosity to write songs in a classroom. Yeah. And, uh, you know, use their English that way rather than, rather than just memorize stuff for, for an English exam. Be creative mm. with their English. And then it's their own. You know, if, I, if they write this line, then it's their own for the rest of their life. And they understand the grammar. We go through the grammar and stuff. Right. And um, and from the, the first school, it was I, the first year. It was it was that school, and I had to do these hours. But then teachers talk, and they got really into the project. Yeah. And then second year, there was six schools. The third year, there was eighteen schools. And I've since done it in the last eight years in three different countries. You know what I mean? And three different languages. Right, you know, right? You know, um, you've got a bit of a, a tumultuous uh, relationship with God, right? Yes. Sounds like divine intervention to me. Really. <laughs> so, someone's influential hand came down and made you get caught so you could throw you into this uh this area where you could affect the lives of kids you know i'm sure you know there's things that happen that you know you, your your own kind of upbringing will will color the way you see things you know what i mean and i suppose 10 years ago i would have went oh my god you know what i mean it's the hand of god but now i just i don't know you see, it's not, it wasn't lucky. It wasn't a lucky thing. It was because like yeah. that started with with um, calling my father in law at three o'clock in the morning to come and pick me up because the police wouldn't let me drive home. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where that started. So, but from that, those ashes come this day job. You know what I mean? So, but that's that was my original point. It's about kind of making, um, you know, your uh, your creativity, your day job. This is certainly the way I see it. And um, and I can't work in a job where I can't apply my creativity, it makes me miserable yeah. really, really quickly, you know? So, I'm, you know, I'm happy and like, you know, lucky, lucky is a term that I, that I, that I struggle with. It's, there's no, it's graft. It's, it's yeah. just, you know, and my dad told me uh, uh, when I was a kid, he says, you know, there's no, um, my dad told me it's all kissing ass and sweat. You know what I mean? That's uh, not necessarily kissing the sweat, mm -hmm. but um, you understand it's hard work. Yeah. And, um, isn't it? I remember uh, when I was a young fella, probably in me in my late twenties. Um, it's kind of similar to what you're talking about. You got to work hard and long and and wait for it to occur, whatever that is, right? Yeah. It's kind of like uh, you know when you're when you're a young fella and you're working with other people or this in this particular space. I was playing football, and you were one of the young guys uh, on the squad. Yeah. You were like an apprentice, and all these other guys you were looking up to on the squad. And then all of a sudden the day comes along where all those guys are gone and now you're the older guy. Yeah. And it's this realisation, Jesus, how did I get here? Uh, how is it these young fellas are looking up to me now all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of like that in, in work, I suspect. When you're, uh, you know, when you're young, you just want, you want the success. You want to be noticed. You want to be recognised so desperately and you're just slogging away and getting nowhere, or at least it seems to be. But then yeah. maybe 20 or 30 years later after you've, uh, put in your hours, things start to click, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Um, it's like you put me on to Alan Watts, and I love his speech, like, you know, forget the money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Forget the money. You know, and it's just the best advice you can give to your kids, even. You know what I mean? Find what you love, do that, get better and better and better at it, and they'll come looking for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the way it's, it's on my, as they say in Italy, on my own skin, I've lived that. You know what I mean? Because, probably because, you know, the lucky part is that I've been stubborn enough to insist on changing jobs when, you know, yourself, you know, I, I was much like yourself. I grew up where my dad had his own company and it was kind of expected of me that I take over the company and I started working on the sites and stuff. Very quickly realized that it wasn't for me. Um, and, you know, but I had to kind of, I was stubborn enough to say, well, that's not for me. I can't really do that. Um, uh, and then you know, instantly I kind of left left Ireland, you know, to to uh, to. I, I think I had to leave Ireland at the time to, to get away from the pressure of that and find my own thing. You know what I mean? I couldn't have really took a job in Dublin, you know, because um, you know you know the way that is. It just because it wanted. To, I was kind of expect, sorry. Too close to home. Too close to home, and it was it was too, it was too expected of me. Um, to uh, to take over the, the family business, you know, or maybe I even expected it of myself, you know. So I had to go on a bit of adventure, and I ended up staying away for six years initially, then came home and stayed stayed in Dublin for a while, and then moved to Italy, you know. So I've been I've lived away from Ireland um, for most of my adult life. I've lived I've lived away from Ireland more than I've lived in Ireland. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so, and I think that adds as well to the creativity. Like the Irish, as, as a race, we're a creative people. You know, we love a story. We love to, you know, even to, to take it as, as to the simple fact of meeting up for a pint on a Friday. We can get creative with that. Yeah. And you know what I mean? It's just, it's wide open, you know. Um, so living away from Ireland, it's much easier to love Ireland. You know what I mean? When you're not there. Yeah. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, I yeah. can do that. I can love poetic Ireland. I can love the birds. I can love that tradition. Mm. When you're there, you forget that very quickly. You know. Well, you do. Like um, I know far away hills are greener and all that, but there's a there is that. Like I was in the states for maybe uh, eighteen months or whatever it was, and sure, you, you loved Ireland like nobody loves Ireland. You know, the, the, you're the, suddenly you listen to Christy Moore, which you never would. <laughs> you know what I mean? Second <laughs> chieftains and. Uh, yeah. and Tongues, crying you know? into your point at yeah. two in the morning, yeah. you know, ridiculous yeah. stuff. Yeah. But then you're crying into your point down the grave diggers because you're here. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you work tomorrow and you're you're gonna be in a heap. That's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's something about that nine to five stuff. It's just it's soul destroying. And I think do you think well, I think that most people just choose to ignore that and just get on with it. Just get on with it. You know. Yeah, it'll be all right. And meanwhile, you just you just uh, slog away means to an end. And you find the good in it. You do. You know, what I mean? you must do. I can only imagine you must find the good in it. You know, it's either the, your workmates or the restaurant that you go to for lunch or so you, you find yeah. something that, that keeps you going. There has to be something, you know what I mean? Otherwise, now, having said that, like I worked for a while in IBM in Dublin. And I think back of all the, the office parties and the pints and, you know, the thing. But I forget, I used to call it Suicidal Tuesday going in there, you know what I mean? Because you're turning up going, I fucking hate this job. And, yeah. you know what I mean? Just genuine, genuinely miserable. Mm. Um, and you so forget. are you kidding yourself? 
are you kidding yourself when you when you go into the job telling yourself this is shit or are you kidding yourself when you look at the nice points or the nice minutes or hours that you have and tell yourself that it's not so shit which which is it is it you know what i mean um every job was brilliant six months ago you know what i mean is oh you should have been here six months ago it was, a, it was a different place you know what i mean um so i think you talk yourself out of it you must you must like you say um but or you give it you like, I, I, I firmly believe it eventually does of course well it certainly does to me it certainly does to me that's all i can speak about you know what i mean but it certainly catches up on me i can't um and i think like you know we like when you break it down what is this creative urge what is creativity it's i feel it's a it's this urge to 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 communicate you know what i mean to get something out in a way that lang language or you know the the, the our, our standard methods of communication mm. belie you know what i mean so i think i think that that's what it is so yeah. If you're listening to that, you can either silence that or listen to it, you know. And I think many, many people do silence it. Yeah. Um, without without criticising, you know, people do what they have to do to get by, you know. I'm, I'm, past, um, I'm, past, I'm past judging anybody else's life, you know what I mean. Um, uh, but for me, certainly, if I'm not listening to that, I, I get miserable very, miserable very, very quickly, you know. You're, you're on to something when, when you talk about... Um, uh, using language to try and be creative or communicate mm. with other human beings you know yeah, yeah, yeah. um there's a there's a uh, he's he's dead now a long time but um there's a french uh, psychotherapist jack lacan talks about uh language as being uh the 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 form that the unconscious uses um uh, through symbolization uh, mm. in order to communicate but you can never mm. it's never enough you know yeah language is just never quite there you, you can never yeah. quite communicate what it is is it going on in your mind yeah yeah uh, to another person and and i think you're right that art is that is that way to do it because it, it tells a story and the story is told by virtue of whoever is reading it you know what i mean or looking at it or listening to it because you could write a song and i listen to it and i go oh and then i hook into that song and it means something to me because of my place and time but for you, it's something completely different because you wrote it when you were somewhere else. But there's a crossover. It's like your sphere and my sphere have overlapped in some way. Yeah. But it's a different story, a, slightly different story going yeah, on, and, you know. And there's a conversation going on there. Yeah. And I mean, just in perception, in the way I might have seen it and, and the, way, the way the listener hears it, there's a conversation going on there. My favorite analogy about it all, about especially like songwriting or creativity in language learning is I'm going to, okay, I don't know if this is work, work on Skype, but I'm going to ask you a question. You know the answer, okay? But this to me is perfect communication now. Yeah, so the, the question is the answer is right? That's basic, pure communication. There's no, there's no lies of language. There's no, that's right at the, at the root of the tree of communication. You know what I mean? Sound. So, you know, exactly. Yeah. Rhythm and just recognize rhythm and a, and a pattern that we both recognize. Mm -hmm. And that's like a question and an answer. Yeah. So all communication is based on that, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Now then we build on that. Then it's just Lego going in different directions, be it French or Italian or English or whatever. It's just Lego. You know what I mean? Based yeah. on that 
basic desire to communicate, you know, um, and that can go resonance. Yeah. Yeah. Or just basic communication, you know, and then, um, you know, that that's where things get complicated because like you say, like somebody once made up that the sound apple represents this fruit, but it has very little to do with the fruit. You know what I mean? It doesn't describe the taste. It doesn't describe the color. It doesn't describe the experience of an apple. It's just the sound we put in it. Mm -hmm. So it fits in our neat, neat little thing, you know? Um, but it's kind of, if you consider language, um, like based on that rhythms that we both recognize rhythmic patterns that we both recognize and then just kind of verse chorus instead of question answer it's verse chorus mm. then we're just singing this really complicated song mm. you know what i mean that we understand the rules that we understand where the chorus is we understand when it's our time to take a solo yeah you know um but it's just all songs so it's and without without thought almost it's just like response uh you you know where to come in obviously you got to practice if you're with other people in the studio and you're recording a piece of music, uh, you've got to practice and play things out and you both contribute to the, exactly. the creation. But then you're on the same page, no thought, you're just in it and you're doing it and you're loving that's it. it. I, I that's it. it. Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, I, I had a really kind of a, um, a cool moment. I was about 19 and living in France and I was smoking Lucky Strike at the time and I was going to meet a tobacconist every day asking for 20 Lucky Strike. You know what I mean? Saying it like that. And it was only when I went in about a month after I'd been there to, and said, can I have a lucky strike? You know what I mean? With the French accent that he gave me the packet without any kind of what, what's he talking about? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I realized, OK, now I'm singing his song. Mm. I've learned his song and I'm singing along with him now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what that's what I'm kind of applying to, to this whole kind of a. Uh, this research really that I'm doing into uh, into songwriting at, at the heart of uh, of communication, you know, because you know the way it is when you're learning a language, you're using your memory, you're repeating. It's been, with set education, you're just repeating stuff. You get to the exam and your brain dumps it because yeah. it's no longer necessary, you know. Mm. So that's why everybody says, "Oh, I used to have a good French in school." Yeah, because you never used it. You know what I mean? You got to the exam, your brain dumped it, no longer required it. However, if you've written an original song in your chosen language, it's never going to leave you. Yeah. You know? A practical application that actually means something. That's it. That's it. So that's what I've been doing. And then as a result, the kind of songwriting, the acclaim that I wanted as a younger man has left me. That, that was just ego I see it as now. You know what I mean? Um, kind of, you know considering myself a fucking genius you know what i mean which i did no, but, i'm but, a big deal yeah i'm a big deal yeah, now yeah, no. hey, check me out, you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know um i but, can relate uh, to that um you know through my own channels you know i was in business and i had 20 blokes and loads of vans yeah. and i was a big deal i was you know yeah yeah oh, people can look up to me now look at me yeah, you know? yeah. got me old jacket on my suit on i'm strolling around yeah. here check me out you know yeah, yeah. So, like your little disaster, I had my own disaster. Uh, Erickson, er, the uh, psychologist, he's brown bread as well. He calls it uh, the existential crisis. Yeah. He coined the term that every human being has to has to meet an existential crisis in order to uh, understand or be taken back down. You know, mm -hmm. be taken back down, but you there's something left, you know, that actually makes you realize, you know, who the fuck you are and not this. Yeah. 
uh, highfalutin notion that you thought you were, you know? Yeah, yeah, but it's hard. Yeah. It's, you, know, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's easy for us to talk about it now, but remember that? You know what I mean? Where you kind of go, what the fuck? What do I do now, you know? Yeah. yeah. I remember one night I was there, uh, I was broke, broke as a pie crust, and I was yeah. I was in my bathroom, right? <laughs> and uh, I just remember fucking screaming in the mirror, you know, at myself. Yeah. Come on. I can't remember exactly what I said, but I just, I lost the plot. It was just like, I remember that, like, that was me low, you know? Yeah. But, um, it takes, it takes, it's tough. And, but it's essential, I think, you know? It is. Oh, Jesus. Thank God. Thank God. Thank the stars that, that it happened. You know what I mean? Because the ego will eat you. You know what I mean? And I, I think it's actually the ego that silences the creativity in you in the end. Mm. You know what I mean? When you're, when you're feeling that you're not, you know, that feeling that you're when you're you know you're not being satisfied in one way and what you're doing but you just silence it and silence inside it. i think that's the ego um but you know as, uh, the thing with that is like as soon as you say i'm free of my ego that's an ego, e- egotistical statement you, you know what I mean? yeah. sure, listen, um, to, listen to me <laughs> yeah that's it yeah but um, you know, I think I remember watching your uh, existential moment on on Facebook or wherever you uploaded. You were in the van looking oh, at yeah. the. Oh yeah, that was one of them. Yeah, yeah. there was a series yeah. of them. They were kind of yeah. slow and and blunt, like yeah, blunt instruments. You know, but it was really you finding your voice. You know what I mean? Kind of going, you know, and I just don't know how to communicate with that anymore. I'm trying to, and so there was a real conversation with yourself going That's on. What it was, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. But then as a result that now, like recently I had some mainstream success, like you said, like I've got, um, tell us, you know, tell us about that. You're working with some yeah. people or. Yeah. Well, no, like I've been working for universal in Milan for a few years. I basically, they call me when they need one of their Italian songs adapted into English. They give me a show and I do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Up until now, it's been kind of an afternoon for me, although I'm, I'm a, I get. I realized recently I got fucking ripped off on one that I might look at again. But anyway, the thing was, they sent me this track. It's an afternoon for me, and it was five hundred euro cash. You know what I mean? So, you know, there's no rights in it. You know, and occasionally yeah. I'll hear the song on the radio and go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's kind of music. You know what I mean? It's that kind of background music. You know that you wouldn't really pay attention to anyway. But this time, they gave me a show and says, look, this guy Eros Ramazzotti. He's like uh, he's probably not well known in Ireland. He had, he had a big uh, hit. He was in the UK charts, I think, a couple of years, yeah, maybe ten yeah. years ago. He had a big yeah, yeah. Hit. He, he, he yeah. does he does uh, duets with, with international artists to kind of grab. He's yeah. huge here, but he wants the international market. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's done duets with Tina Turner and a few other people. Anyway, so this this time. Uh, he says, so, so for this guy, he says, well, hang on, this isn't a 500 quid, you know what I mean, deal. This is, I want author, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean, I want uh, writing credit on this one. So we work it out, and there's two songs on the new album. But even 10 years ago, if you had told me that this was going to happen, or if that had happened to me 10 years ago, it would have been champagne and cocaine, Larry, you know what I mean? Woohoo! you know what I mean? I went to work that day. The album came out, and I went to work, yeah. you know what I mean? There's That's no the way it should be, though, right? Damn straight, you know what I mean? I felt free of that kind of... He can do his touring. He can do all of that thing, you know what I mean? And, you know, it gives me a certain amount of establishment. I did all the English lyrics on his new album. So it's a real kind of calling card. There's the ego again, you know what I mean? Building that up. But, uh, but um, you know, I just really... Uh, 
I had work to go to that day. You know what I mean? So it's not it's no longer the kind of um you know feeding feeding the ego. It's no it's no longer chasing that kind of international acclaim of being John Lennon. You know, John Lennon already existed. This is the way I'm doing it. And I see myself more and I'm sure you, you, you'll relate to this, as an artisan, an artisan of ideas. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a craft. And the more you work in it, the better you get. But there's there's no? honour in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's, there's, there's substance in it. Yeah. It's not yeah. like this uh, chocolate bar, you know what I mean, job, when you're, when, you're, when you're hungry, it lasts you about five minutes. And then you're hungry again for more and you have to, yeah. you have to keep shoving the sugar down your throat yeah. to satisfy yeah. it. And it's just no good for you. And you know it's no good for you. Yeah. I was um I was with uh, um a friend of mine in Amsterdam. I was working doing a school project up in Amsterdam. We met up in and um he was supporting Gavin James, the very oh, yeah. successful guy who's I seen him his brother, his folks live near us here. Yeah. And I saw him one day walking up the road. Oh, there's Gavin James. But seemed he's really uh, down to earth like amongst Oh yeah, like he's he still he yeah, yeah. yeah. Um yeah, he's having but some good, some good times yeah. at the minute. And he's tour, he's doing a European tour, and my mate is supporting him. You know what I mean? So they 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 were off and stuff. But his life is airport stage hotel room. Yeah. Airport stage hotel room. You know what I mean? And although that sounds great when you're thinking about the Beatles doing it, it's it's boring. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you're doing meeting doing the same interviews every day, answering the same questions. You know what I mean? It's um, and I realised that I prefer my job. I prefer that I get to go and kind of you know get paid to be a songwriter and um, and uh, and you know get to be a, get paid to be a creative rather than that kind of chasing, you know, or you know the the image I always use um, when you have that moment of success in music. Do you remember the Crystal Maze? Yeah. Where they just throw silver paper up in the in yeah. the air. And you have to grab it as quick as you can. Mm. You know what I mean? That's what. That's what that is. When you have those six months or 18 months of success, you just have to be everywhere and do everything mm-hmm. and be everything for every for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what that is. You know what I mean? And, and I just, um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, and I, I'm always wary of saying it because it feels like as soon as you say it, there's a disaster coming. But I'm really pleased with the fact that the dream when I was a 16-year-old kid was to be paid as a songwriter, you know what I mean? Yeah. And of course I dreamt of being the Beatles and that, but here I am, 45, what, 30 years later, you know what I mean? Doing it, you know? So I'm, um, I think having lived that on my skin, I think that's that's all. That's the only advice I'd certainly give to any young man doing it, you know? Well, that's that's one of the questions I was going to ask yeah. you was, uh, if, you had to, um, if you had to go back and meet yourself, as a sixteen-year-old, would you would you tell yourself to change anything, or would you just let yourself go with it? And see, what, you know, see. I'd stay, I'd stay away from let the little else. fucker have his experience and fuck up. <laughs> yeah, you would. You know what I mean? I, I um, like my my eldest daughter is twenty now. You know, and although you feel protective of that, you know what I mean. You don't want them to make the mistakes. The thing is. I'm afraid to see her put herself in the situations that I put myself in. You know what I mean? That's the bottom line on that, you know? Um, but I survived them. You know what I mean? I uh, I got through them, and I'm sure she you know, she will too. Or she'll just... We, we all just have to, you know? And we all... I think I was... Uh, I was listening to your, your... I was watching your show with that dude in America. What's his name? Yeah, Stephen. Stephen. Stephen Z, yeah. And he spoke about the hero's journey. You were speaking about the hero's journey, you know. 
And I think that we have to apply that. Once you switch on to that, once you get to that disaster moment, every hero's journey starts with a disaster, you know. Um, and once you get to that to that disaster moment, um, you, you kind of have the responsibility to, to follow that. And you create your obstacles then. You create an obstacle just so you can overcome it, I think. What do you think? Um subconsciously or unconsciously yeah subconsciously subconsciously you know um i was listening to uh, an audiobook recently um from stephen pressfield uh the writer it's uh it's called no one wants to read your shit (laughs) he he and it's and it's true like yeah he's he talks about his journey from a nobody writing scripts and not getting paid much in hollywood to uh, and 30 years 40 years of obscurity yeah uh, to writing a bestseller and it took him it it took him to have a complete you know uh, his marriage breakup uh you know uh, uh lack of success no money uh time after time in order for him to uh maybe transcend this idea of himself where he can yeah. actually be in a place where he could write honestly you know Mm. Or he's not trying too hard to write some, to write a hit or write a, a, a bestseller, where it's just like right, I give up now, and mm. I'm just gonna write and fuck it, you know. And there's huge freedom in that. And there yeah. is. And what else is important in that is, you, it comes true in the writing, whether it's a song or whether it's a novel or what. It's like all of a sudden you read it or you you listen to it, and it's like Jesus, that's fucking. That means something, you know? Yeah. And the reason it means something is because it means something, if you know what I mean. You're still there. I'm after losing you. You're going freeze frame. Hopefully you'll be back in a minute. Yeah, you're, ba- you're back. There you go. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I think that, that hero's journey or whatever you want to call it is uh, is is important, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, funnily enough, you should say that. Like, it was uh, WhatsApp and with a friend of mine in Ireland and he wanted, you know, advice, not advice, but just to talk through, he's releasing an album and he wanted advice. And we went through it and I said, look, I honestly think for for an independent artist today, the best thing to do is get 200 copies of vinyl printed and upload everything digital. You know what I mean? Just vinyl for yourself yeah. and to sell at gigs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, because it feels, you know, I don't know, like vinyl is... It's something tangible and something real, you know, yeah. and then put the rest up digital, you know. Yeah. Don't be worrying about CD printing or stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said to him at the end, I said, but nobody gives a fuck about your album. You have to make your peace with that. You know what I mean? You have to like, you know, and it's it's a hard thing to hear, you know. But what a friend of mine said it to me um, a few years ago. The world doesn't give a fuck about you, you know, and... You can see, you can t- you can take that as, yeah, how can I make people give a fuck about me? Yeah. Or, well, that was the next thing I was going to ask you. How, yeah. how do you go from making stuff that means something to you at one particular level and nobody listened to it to, to all of a sudden, like, um, making a living from your work, you know? Um, Does it just happen by itself if you leave it alone? Um... You don't leave it alone. I like the analogy of um, of tending an orchard. 
in your mind. You know what I mean? It's like you you got to be there. You know what I mean? You got to uh, tidy the plant. You got to you know water the plant, take care of the plant. You got to check on the fruit. If you pull the fruit off too early, it's going to be hard and bitter. This mostly applies to songwriting, but I think it applies to any creative endeavor really. If you leave the fruit too long, then you can't use it because it, it overripens and it's you know it goes out. At, you know it's not the right moment for it. But then one day, the the fruit falls off in your hand. You know what I mean? And there and the, you know it's just ripe and it's time. You know, and yeah. um, and you know that it that's not leaving it alone. It's it's actually been more present with it than anything. You know what I mean? But so, just so you know, maybe uh, maybe it's better to say that you don't try too hard um you certainly don't force it you can't force it you know there's no point in that there's just no point in it because you're just going to frustrate yourself i think when you're when you're forcing it the ego is driving mm. you know it's like i want i want i want um whereas it when you're, when you're just sitting with it and just kind of um because even in that situation like you were saying in that situation you're you're whatever you're you're making feels like ego feels a bit kind of imposing you know what i mean mm. and that's where the frustration comes from the artist as well i reckon mm. you know does, uh, okay two-pronged question who mm. inspires you where do you get your inspiration from uh it's probably the same question who inspires you and and where do your ideas form how, how does that happen how, well, know, i i ask myself this it's, it's for my own reasons as well mm. uh, it's it's an interesting subject to me. Yeah, well, who inspires me? Um, I think anybody who um, uh, who comes back from the darkness with with an idea of hope inspires me. I'm thinking about um, people like Jacques Brel, who's a song a Belgian songwriter. Um, a man who inspires me these days is Barry Jazz Finnegan, you know what I mean, who um, who certainly, like, all he does, like, I'm looking at your Imelda, that kind of charcoal drawing, where it's it's always from the aspect of darkness looking towards light, you know what I mean? I, lo I love that message of having known darkness to bring, to, to, to come back with a, a sign of hope. I think that's uh, that's inspiring to me, you know? Um, but where the ideas come from... Um, an Australian poet said to me once um, that the I, the idea dictates the medium, and you'll know yourself. Like you, you could get an idea today, and it's for a video, or it's for an article, or it could be just to get into the creative flow of creating an Amelda or a Connor. You know what I mean? It's 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 that creative flow that we go back to. So where do the ideas come from? That it can be it could be two words thrown together. You know, or a little melody that I'm hearing, or I, the, the way I can, you know, a cadence in a line that will just go, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? I take it from there and then just look after it. Mm. Let it kind of ripen in my head. But um, I, I wrote a, um, <clears throat> a short story for my kids, kind of a children's story recently, based on, I became fascinated with the, the artisan craft of arrow making the fletcher right yes yeah 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 and um, because i think as creatives 
we tend to get distracted by the target when, whereas the Fletcher just wants to watch the arrow fly. You know what I mean? So mm. I, um, I did this short story, but that idea just dictated that it should be, I couldn't put the whole thing into a three minute song. So I wanted to flesh it out into a story, you know, mm. um, and it resounds quite well when I tell it on stage or whatever, you know, so there's obviously something in that. Um, but that's, that's the thing, you know what I mean? Like I spoke, you know, with the podcast that I do, I spoke to one guy, very angry man who has been writing songs for 30 years and never got any success. You know what I mean? I don't want to, he says like, I've been kind of, you know, getting better. You know what I mean? Thinking about, who will sing this song and who will, you know, how it will work, listening to all their music so it works better for them, like a Ronan Keating or a, or whoever, Michael Buble or something, writing a song for that. That's the target. Yeah. That's completely. So yeah. all you've been doing is making the same arrow for 30 years with the same arc and you're still missing the target. You know what I mean? So just watch the arrow fly. Just do the best you can. As only you can, you know what I mean. Especially Focus is, uh, external rather than internal. Yeah, yeah. The locus of approval is is uh, is always going to be external until you can say, "Well, look, that was cool." And like for me, um, strange enough, I don't know how you how you feel about this, but in recent years, the repetition of live, doing it live has been really boring to me you know what i mean like i love that kind of like you mentioned that on, a, on one of your recent videos where you just catch you, you just pick up a piece of chalk and go into that space and uh and you know you might concentrate on an eye for a while or whatever and just draw that for a while and get into that space that's the drug that we keep going back to you know what i mean that timeless space you know i think and um, your thing about happy happy accident or pur purposeful, accident, yeah. purposeful accident like when I finish a song it feels like that's the way the song always was you know what I mean and especially if I sing it a few times that's a thing now and that's the way it always but at any given moment either melodically or with the chords or with the lyrics that could have went a completely different way mm. you know what I mean yeah, but I'm just convinced that that song was always there, you know what I mean? And I, I happen to be the channel, you know what I mean? It was like uh, you just watched all of the pieces fall into each other, like maybe like like dominoes, yeah. like yeah. like dominoes with a ridge on them that they all just kind of flip into one. The back falls into the front yeah. of the other or whatever. And it's just but you know it, it can never be you know there's this idea, uh, philosophical idea that how things are is the way they only ever could be. Yeah. You know? Could, yeah. In your experience, there's no way it could have been any other way, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the puddle thing, isn't it? Um, like a puddle, a conscious puddle is, uh, is there in, in this hole in the ground going, this is amazing. You know what I mean? This, this hole was made for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're just like looking around going, this is, this is exactly what I wanted right now. You know what I mean? But, yeah. You know, you know that's it's kind of looking at it from the other way, the other way. But um, that's a fascinating thing, that purposeful accident thing. Um, well, I, I have to say, I, I, I stole the term, and I don't mind saying that. Mm. Um, but it kind of fit. Well, it's not no. There's no kind of about it. it. It absolutely fit with the idea I I was forming around uh, just doing your stuff for the sake of it and seeing mm -hmm. what happens. Yeah. Because um, my contention is that when we do that, well, your focus is here 
and when you don't your focus is out there yeah and when your focus is out there like the songwriter you were talking about well how can you ever be integrated you're split yeah. you know just yeah. get inside yourself make stuff because you, you for whatever reason but that you're fulfilled from it and then just see what happens like where's mm. the problem with that you know I think we're obsessed with this notion that we have to make a life, you know what I mean? Yeah. But really, you know, if you look at it from another perspective, you could say that the life makes itself and you're just watching it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like um, Harry Hoban, um, a good friend of both of ours. Um, uh, he says, like, you know, as a young man, People are always saying to him, you know what I mean? As, oh, songwriting, yeah, you're making any money from that. Like, that's the aim of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was listening, that's a great, that was a great, there was a great line he said, um, and he, he made it, he, he put it across so passionately. I, I, I'm paraphrasing now. He said, yeah. why would I be making stuff for anybody else? Yeah. Why, why would I write a song for, for yeah. other people? Like, what yeah. is the sense in that or something to that effect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that's, that's it right there, yeah. you know? yeah. Yeah, I love he says, you know, you could be, be hit by the proverbial bus. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. You know, you could, um, uh, and, and, you know, I think that's, that's that there's, you know, you talk about artists, there's an artist. But um, uh, no, you know what I mean? The, 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 I don't know how to do that anymore. I really tried hard. I don't think I ever did know. Um, I, like, there's a couple of songs that I've written with audiences in mind you know what i mean oh i need this i need a chorus and it sound it feels forced to me it feels That's how the music industry wants you wants you yeah, yeah. to do yeah, it yeah. isn't it like they yeah. find somebody with talent that looks the part yeah they bring them to the studio and now they say right now you're gonna you're gonna make this song here's this song yeah. so now sing this song and here's how we want you to sing it this is the demographic we want you to go yeah, for right yeah. now you and know that's what I mean? what's on the radio like my kids yeah. are listening to the radio and like I'm the old man saying, will you turn off that shit? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like I'm thinking to myself, here's these re here's these music execs, and they're hiring kids to come and make this music along these channels, these lines. They're going to the radio stations. They're in cahoots with each other. Uh, here's the stuff we want you to play. Yeah, no problem. We'll play that. Everybody gets paid, and yeah, that's the game. That's the game. But that's nothing to do with songwriting. No. You know what I mean? That's, that's Manipulation, it's like selling people yeah. fucking shit, uh, sugar fucking coated shit. That's exactly what it is. That's what it is. And it's, um, and it has, it has its place, you know what I mean? And occasionally, very occasionally, a really good song comes from that, you know what I mean? Mm. <clears throat> but um, for some reason, occasionally, a songbird song gets across the forest floor, is, is the analogy, analogy I was using on that podcast, you know, and like a song like Take Me to Church gets through. Yeah. For some reason, you know, everybody just relates to the song. The one before that was your man Gautier with um, somebody that I used to know. Remember that? It just went everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. And, um, you know, so occasionally as a real song gets through that. But that's just manipulating frequencies to please a certain demographic. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And... That can only last for so long. You know what I mean? If you follow, if you follow that, and especially if you start to follow that, Say say like the the latest hit. Let's write a song like the latest hit. You're already late. Yeah. You've already missed that. You know what I mean? Because you're you're kind of everything that that um. And actually, funnily enough, it's funny I should mention that. But this one song that I have on the on the Eros Ramazzotti is chasing 
hosier. You know what I mean? He like the music was written to sound like okay. hosier. I just you know like I I did the the English lyrics on it. You know what I mean? So, but so, I, so but here's here's mm. reconcile this for me. So, yeah. um, there is a, a particular structure to a song. You you, you know when you mm. sit down to write a song or compose mm. the music for for a set of lyrics, there's a particular structure that you know is is nice on the ear yeah. and mm. that um follows particular lines and you can you can school people to a certain degree in how to write a yeah. song but ultimately it's your own uh whatever it is experience that you bring that yeah. that can that turns it into something different or whatever but songs do have a structure right that that are either good or bad right um yeah well like um it's all very well complaining about that structure you know but some of the, the the songs that we 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 most love have that kind of verse, chorus, verse, chorus, middle eight, chorus out structure. You know what I mean? And we love songs like that. Mm. Um, and you know, uh, it can be said that that structure was created because it was recognised to work, and it was just the whole industry was manipulated towards this kind of song format. Mm. But um, uh, but then then someone like uh, Kate Bush comes along. I know. Produces stuff and it just blows that whole idea out of water. Yeah, yeah. And she's Im- immensely popular. Maybe that was, maybe she was a product of the time she came along at the right at the right moment. I I don't know. Would would an artist like that have success now? Probably not. I certainly wouldn't listen. Do you know? Some of her stuff I, is like wacky, you know, crazy yeah. stuff. Well, like I don't I don't pe- understand people calling Frank Zappa a genius. You know what I mean? I don't I don't. I don't know. I'm not not even. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be listening to you. you know? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? I don't know which part I'm supposed to be listening to. It sounds like six lads in the room playing different songs. You know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but um, um, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> some of that, some of the early Pink Floyd stuff is like that. You know the yeah. Mood yeah, it's just wacky. We, it's like, we, I, can't, I can't sit and listen to this, you know? Yeah. But we, um, the, uh, but like we always use the Beatles as an example of the song structure. But look at the B-side of Abbey Road. Yes, it's songs, but it's an 18-minute piece of music that everything kind of bleeds, bleeds into each other mm-hmm. and finishes with the most magnificent line to end the last lyric they ever wrote together as a band and in the end the love you make is equal to the love you take you know what i mean yeah. boom what a way to end a career you know what i mean that's yeah. an 18 piece of music in an album that we all love you know what i mean and although we we take the beatles as a as kind of you know that kind of first chorus first chorus middle eight chorus out structure that's the beatles you know what i mean so there's your hero's journey with that yeah you know what I mean? over seven years 14 albums in seven years. I've become fascinated. It's a lot of work, isn't it? It is. A lot of songs. And some of the best songs I've ever heard. But anyway. Um, some rubbish too, in my opinion. Yeah. Some yeah, of yeah. like, nah. Next. Yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff on, on the White Album. I, I'm just, what are you doing? Like number nine. Number nine. <laughs> number nine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, but the thing, what do you think of this? Have you thought about um, the cycles of seven? Have you have you read about this or like that the fact that every every cell in the human body replenishes itself every seven years? There's pa- there's pattern and, and structure uh, certainly in in how things are made and you'll see it 
like I was I was in a supermarket today looking at a at a brock this bro, uh, cauliflower. Yeah, I forget the name of the cauliflower, but you can see this spiral fractal nature yeah. of the cauliflower, and uh, I'm guessing that's what you're leaning towards. But you've you've got this golden ratio and and how um you have yeah this. that's the thing about your sequence the one yeah well, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but um, no no this is um um stages of life really you know the the um seven up uh, they, they did a series on uh oh yeah mm-hmm. on um on on net for, you know they follow people from seven years to mm-hmm. fourteen years you know what I mean they're supposed to be kind of a spiritual again like an, an age is um. It, it, like you know, an age used to mean an age, used to mean seven years. Um, you know, when we say, "Oh, I haven't seen him in ages," it's okay. it used to mean it used to mean a block of seven years. You know, yeah. um, but there, there's something fascinating about it. Like you know, your 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 body changes and your tastes change yeah. roughly around the seven year cycle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas you know, you have you know yourself when you're kids, um. They just seem to switch on at seven years old. They just seem to come online. Mm. You know what I mean? And suddenly they have a personality and um, thing. And for me, certainly, um, I remember very clearly when I was fourteen, my hair went curly. You know what I mean? I had straight hair all my life. My hair went curly. And then they say like the fourteen to twenty-one is the age of learning. Twenty-one to thirty-five is mating and territory. Basically, and, the and, age and, of. Hold on a second. You must be using your your missus. Uh, um Straighteners. Yeah. Straightener. <laughs> What's the story of that? No, I have, I have a very good hairdresser these days. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I am. Um, you know, and then from twenty-one to thirty-five is the age of kind of his territory and and mating call, uh, and then thirty-five is thirty-five to forty-two is the age of of um, husbandry, and then the age of wisdom comes later, fatherhood, and then wisdom. You yeah, know, yeah, you should check out. That sounds very much like. Uh, um, Eric Erickson's uh, developmental um, yeah. theory of, of growth in human beings. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a very interesting. He studied, well, he studied people all his life. But he was an artist yeah. first of all, bumming around Europe. Yeah. And then uh, he got he I think he ended up studying with I don't know some Vienna school of psychology or whatever. Then he I went to the states and uh, developed this theory of development. You know. Have you still got me? Uh, I have you on audio, all right. Your your image is frozen. So I've lost my friend. Um, let's have a look here. So if you're watching at the moment, we just lost Ray. So hopefully we get him back now in a second. Uh, in fact, I should really wrap this up, folks, because um, we're on 50 minutes now and I have to bring my son to uh, football training. So uh, I want to thank you for listening in tonight. And uh, thanks, Ray, if you're listening or watching later on. Thanks for joining me and taking the time out. I appreciate it a lot. Been a great conversation as usual. Folks, you can catch this episode of the podcast in audio format over on Anchor, Spreaker, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere good podcasts are played, Google Podcasts as well. Uh, just search for The Larb. Uh, all the links uh, to raise stuff and to the show will be in the description. Thanks very much for joining me. I'm going to see you next week. Uh, and if you're not already subscribed, hit the button below. Uh, if you're not subscribed to Sunday Letters, the link is below also. And uh, I'll see you later on. Okay, thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks a million. Take care.
Hey, thanks for listening in to that uh, live stream audio um, taken from the uh, YouTube video filmed last uh, Friday evening. That's uh, Dublin time, GMT. And we go live at 6 p.m. So 6 p.m. GMT every Friday. So if you want to catch it, get over to patreon.com forward slash Larry G. McGuire to uh, get notification, become a subscriber, follower, whatever way to term it, over on Patreon. And uh, you don't have to commit uh, a monetary, you don't have to make a monetary contribution. You can just jump on and follow me as a creator over there. And they'll let you know when the next uh, live stream is. Well, I can tell you now, actually. It's this Friday at 6 p.m. Every Friday at 6 p.m., at least for the time being. I'll be going live on uh, Patreon, YouTube, patched through to Patreon. And uh, this week I'm talking to Tara Prendergast. Uh, she's the creator of The Biscuit Factory and Bite the Biscuit over on Facebook. A lot of crea creatives and artists over there. Um, and she helps creative people get a handle on those uh, issues around business. Um, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how to turn your art into a business, how to navigate your way through the challenges of turning your art into business. You know, if you want to do, create, make, whatever for a living, well, then you're going to have to uh, come to terms with the fact that you're going to have to take that and turn it into a business of sorts. So we're talking about that tomorrow or Friday, and I think it's going to make for a very interesting conversation. Uh, so don't forget, get over to patreon.com forward slash Larry G. McGuire and uh, make sure you don't miss that notification. You can also uh, sign up at larrygmcguire.com and I'll ping you an email um, notification on that too. Um, that's all I've got for you. Thanks for listening in to this episode of The Larb and uh, we'll be back Sunday for now. Take it easy. Have a good one.